Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go to James. Let's go to the book of James. As soon as that bucket goes by, you can go to the book of James. All right. Praise God. So last week we looked at two key truths to keep in front of us when, when, a, when we're in a spiritual fight. These are not new truths to us, but truths that are good to look at periodically to help us keep our focus and in turn continue in our faith. Last week we looked at the importance of keeping a proper perspective because tests will come. Then we looked at the importance of facing the unknown in faith and not in fear. How many know we can choose? Come on, we can choose. The Lord said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither what? Neither let it be afraid, which puts the responsibility on who? Now, that doesn't mean you're the power. It means you're the decider on which power you're going to yield to. Okay? So keep that in mind. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be in fear. The enemy loves to bring fear and pressure through trials and tribulations, trying to get us to give up on the treasure within us. But as we fight in the Spirit with the powerful weapons of the Word of God, we will come through by the power of God. He is faithful to watch over His Word and perform it. So if you're taking notes, the third point in this uh, series of messages is submit to God and resist the devil. James chapter 4, verse number 6 says this, but he gives more grace. How many want more grace? <laughs> Sometimes we read over these things, we think, you can have more? Yep. You can have more or less as a believer. But he gives more grace, therefore he says God resists the what? Proud, but gives grace to the who? The humble. Amen. How many would like more grace? Be humble. Humble yourself. Amen? I, I don't want to teach on that specifically. That's a good, good portion of Scripture right there, though. Verse 7. Therefore, submit to who? And what? Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Okay, so in this passage of Scripture here in James 4, we first need to realize that this passage of Scripture in context is talking about wisdom, the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world. This is specific to this chapter. This passage comes on the heels of the last part of James chapter 3 and the beginning of James 4, which deals specifically with two spiritual influences and how they affect our lives. Demonic influence... Listen to this carefully. Will always appeal to the nature of your flesh. Demonic influence, demonic wisdom will always appeal to the nature of your flesh. Okay? Now watch this. Um, godly wisdom will always appeal to your born-again nature on the inside of you. So the enemy, he, the enemy doesn't come and tempt the resurrection in you. Does that make sense? He tempts the nature of your flesh, because that's where he can get a hold, right? The, the devil, you realize this, the devil did not come into the garden when Adam and Eve, uh, before they had sinned, he didn't come in there and, and start punching Adam, saying, give up, you're going to give me everything you have. 
You're going to give up your authority over this place. I'm taking it from you and you have no choice. It's not what he did. What did he do? Paul talks about it in Corinthians. He started working on their minds and appealing to the, come on. And he does the same thing with us, right? So we got to realize this. This is talking about wisdom. And what we're talking about here is influence in wisdom. And we know this, that demonic influence will always appeal to the nature of the flesh. And godly wisdom will always appeal to the born-again nature on the inside of you. Godly wisdom will always lead to the crucifixion of fleshly desires. Woo! Nobody wants to run on that one. It's like, can we go back to the prophetic part? Bring Mike back up. You know, <laughs> no, godly wisdom will always lead to the crucifixion of what? The flesh. It will. Why? Because there's nothing good in your flesh. I didn't write that. I just get to say it and then be accused of writing it. <laughs> right? How many have done that? You've quoted a scripture to somebody and they're like, huh, you know, all offended. Well, who said the word? Whose word is it? If it's just your opinion, that's one thing. But if you're giving scripture, it's going to offend the flesh to some degree because it's going to require that the flesh doesn't get what it wants. Amen. Uh, we quoted this on Wednesday night in, in, in uh, Foundations Bible Study. We were talking about in Philippians. The, 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 the thing about serving that the flesh doesn't like is that the flesh is not being served. <laughs> Amen. How many have realized that? How many know when you're being stoned? Come on, think about Stephen. Stephen, not stoned like high stoned, okay? Not marijuana stoned, all right? When you're being stoned for preaching the gospel <laughs> to the religious leaders, how many bad things was Stephen doing and deserving of death? He was serving tables, people were being healed. You know, we, we, sometimes we sit back and we go, and I've said it, but I've heard it said a lot. Man, the world's gone crazy. It's always been since the fall. People say, well, we did all these good works and they, they decided to kill us? Hmm. Sounds about right. People are like, well, no, I don't want to harvest that. <laughs> I don't know that Stephen did either. But out of... You got to realize this, demonic deception can become so strong that I could lay hands on a crippled person, they would be healed by the power of God, and a religious group would come and kill me for doing good works. Well, that's counter to what I thought the word of faith was. Then you don't know it. That's how I was trained. That's what Brother Hagin taught us when I went to school, if you read through his books. So in the midst of certain things, how many know this, that it can go a different direction than you thought in your natural mind? But does that mean that God is wrong, that he's, that he's off his throne, that the word doesn't work? That the, no. I heard a minister say this. He said, it might be almost better that some of the harvests that we're believing for come out in eternity rather than here. You'll have to think and pray about that one. But I'll let you. Amen? I'll let you. So specifically, wisdom that is demonic will appeal to the flesh. 
But wisdom that is from above will appeal to the nature on the inside of us and will lead to the crucifixion of fleshly desires. So specifically with this point that I'm making right here, I would like to emphasize the spiritual truth of submission and resistance, not directly tied to wisdom necessarily, but just that principle. How many know that's a spiritual truth that we can see all through Scripture? This truth will work wherever there is a promise of God to counter an attack of the enemy. Each promise from God gives us an altar to kneel at or to submit to. In doing this, we in turn resist the devil. So when I submit to God, I automatically resist the devil. Does that make sense? Okay, do you see that? Sometimes people are like, I'm submitting, I'm submitting, I'm submitting. Now I'm resisting, I'm resisting, I'm resisting. Just do what the word says, and the devil will go, they're not receiving us today. We have to go somewhere else. Amen? So every promise of God gives me an altar to what? Submit to, kneel at. I can bow down under the authority of God's word, and in doing that, God, I'm submitting to him, and then in doing that, I'm resisting the devil at the same time. Come on. It says resist, not assist the devil, right? We've said this before. Each promise of God gives us an altar to kneel at or to submit to. In doing this, we in turn resist the devil. This submitting to light, this is submitting to light and resisting what? Darkness. So the word submit simply means this, to be under obedience. It means to arrange under. Another translation of this first part in subjection to God, it says this, ever be subject to God. Put yourselves under God's authority. How many know putting yourself and obeying His word is putting yourself under His authority? One of the main ways that I submit to God is I arrange my life under His word. This would include His commandments and His provisions. This is one of the reasons we have a Bible reading plan every year. Come on. How can you submit... With no knowledge. If the scripture says love your neighbor as yourself. But you don't know it. Come on. You, it's, it's hard to submit. You got to have knowledge to submit. The scriptures give us insight into what we are to submit to. And what we are to resist. There are many in the church who are confused about the nature of God and Satan. As we progress through this teaching this morning, we will look at how to apply this more daily. People are confused about God and Satan. You want to know why? Because they don't know the word. They're confused about how God works and operates or how he doesn't. Or they, uh, they, they attribute the nature or the actions of Satan to God. And they're confused. And why? It's because they don't have understanding about who God is. And his word. So we need to submit to his word. We yield to his word. Now there's a lot there, and maybe we need to do a, a just a class on how to interpret and go through the Bible and interpret the Bible and keep it in context, all those good things. But that might be in the future here. So then not only are we to submit, but let's look at this word resist. Resist means to stand against or oppose. 
It means to withstand or to set against. This is not new. You guys, many of you know this, but it's good for review. It means to stand against or to oppose, to withstand or to set against. Different translations of this portion of verse 7 say stand up to. Therefore, submit to God and stand up to who? The devil. Stand up to him. Yeah, don't just do it in your own natural uh, uh, bravado. But do it with an understanding of who you are in Christ. Watch this. Stand up to the devil in submission to who God said you are. What I've found with believers many times is, is they don't believe, they don't submit to what God said they are. You can tell them that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and they'll fight you on it, even though that's what the Bible says. Why? What's going on? They're not submitting to who? God, which means they're assisting who? Right? Now watch, you can do this. Now, i just give you one example. You can do this in any area. What a lot of times believers want is somebody to do it for them. And what I found out about the Lord is He won't allow it. Now, He'll allow it for a true baby Christian. But some Christians have been in the church for 30 years and they still want to be bottle fed. And people say, well, that's, well, I mean, it's been all this time. Yeah, we should have been growing all that time. Now, we can repent and work with the Lord, and He'll start working with us right where we're at. And I've noticed He's real merciful. He'll just, He speed things up for us. But how many know this? There are some things that are my responsibility in my life, and nobody can do it for me, not even my wife. Amen. Okay? Okay? It's just that way. So I have a responsibility to stand up to the enemy. The one, another translation says, stand opposed to the enemy. It says to repel the enemy. And then it says this, and he will, this is a different translation of this same verse, but it says this, he will run away. I like that. That's simple, right? He will flee from me. So say this with me. When I submit to God, I resist the devil, and he runs away from me. Now, some of you can get a little bolder. Because I can see that look in your face. Like, I don't know if we want to say that to the devil. (laughs) No, you do. (laughs) Remember who's backing you. Now, if you're just jumping out there like, yeah, I'm going to beat the devil up and, you know, on your own. No, you're not. He's been whooping. (laughs) He's been defeating Humanity in their flesh for generations. He hates it when we submit to God. When we yield to who He is. And what He said, specifically, what He said about us. When revelation of who you are in Christ comes into you, you will not get arrogant unless you're yielding to your flesh. Because it doesn't come with the spirit of arrogance. It comes with the spirit of humility. How many know God doesn't have any pride in him? Okay. So resist the devil and he'll what? 
Say this with me. He will run away from me submitted to Christ. Okay? All right. So that's, that's a good point right there. Let's do another one. If you're taking notes, the fourth one here, I actually put this under the third one. It, you can do what you want. But I felt like it, it fell within submitting and resistance. Take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Is that true? Yes, it is. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So what, what's another way that we need to submit to God and resist the devil? We resist the devil by taking every thought captive. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So if our weapons, and we're to take every thought captive, in verse 4 we see this, our weapons are mighty. The word mighty means powerful or capable, simply put. And they're powerful or might they're powerful or mighty in God. So again, we see this submission to God right there. That same thought there that we just read in James 4. And what are they mighty for? They're mighty to pull for pulling down. Pulling down means destruction, demolition, extinction, or taking down. That's what it means. And then the word strongholds means to fortify like a castle. And this is what I wrote: deceived thinking produces strongholds. Okay? Deceived thinking produces strongholds. So what do we see where the, the, the bulk of my battle is in this particular passage? It's where? In my thoughts. In my what? Images. In my imagination. So words as a whole, and this is spiritual warfare, this is kind of 101, but we need the reminder, okay? So words come to you as pictures, if I say to you, green apple, what goes into your mind? Do you see G-R-E-E-N? Do you see that? Do you see apple all in green letters? What do you see? You see a what? Green apple. So if the enemy comes to you and says, um, he says to you, uh, um, uh, none of your, uh, you're going to be broke the rest of your life. <laughs> That's the right response, but, but why is it wrong, right? So now watch this. You begin to have an image in your mind of what? Poverty. Watch this. The enemy comes to you and says, you know what you did wrong all these times. And he brings condemnation, 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 condemnation. Do you see the word condemnation in your mind? What do you see? You see all the things you did wrong and how you'll never get out. It, it puts a what? An image, a picture in your head. So when you're taking thoughts captive, you're doing it with mighty weapons. What mighty weapons are you using? The mighty weapon is what? The word of God. So when you read the word, you're seeing the picture of what God said about you, which implants an image where? Spiritual warfare. Come on, what now? What are you supposed to do now? Take every thought. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. They are powerful and capable to pulling down to the demolition 
of strongholds. So this means what? That the word of God has the ability to demolish any thought that the devil can come up with. Amen. That's what this means. It means to pull down strongholds. So another translation says this. It says, for the purpose of destroying fortresses. That's what the word of God is for. In overthrowing strong fortresses. Watch this. The word of God is powerful. It pulls down. One translation says, it upsets defense lines. You say, what do you mean by that? The enemy's coming to you, and you upset his defense line. Come on, our fight is not against flesh and blood, right? We fight the good fight of, and we walk by faith, not by, and we take every thought. Because we're what? Submitting, therefore, to, and resisting. I am arranging my life under the word of God. And in doing that, I am active in destroying the enemy's imaginations. Through what weapon? Because of the covenant, because of the blood and body of Jesus, and the life of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, I have access into capable, able, more than strong enough power to release against the enemy in submission to God and within that covenant, and I can drive the enemy out of my mind. I can what? Demolish his strongholds. Well, you don't know, Mr. Preacher Guy. I've had this fear in my life for 20 years. There's a stronghold there that you need to take the sledgehammer of the Word of God to and begin to pound at that thing. And come on, get down where the foundation is so it'll crumble real good. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that a good picture for you? I know. I see that. Yeah, you painted a good picture, devil, in my mind that this is who I am, and I've been afraid of this for this long, and you've done a real good job, but I found something out. I got a new picture. (laughs) I found something out from the Word of God that tells me that I don't have to yield to that fear of death anymore. Hey, come on. Get after that enemy. Get after, go after him. Why? Because you have power in Jesus to defeat him. Now, if you're thinking, you're thinking, I need to come up with the power. You're going to get beat. You're not coming in your name. You're coming in his name. So rest. You're coming in his name. Rest. Relax. How will it all work out? How will it all come to pass? The Lord, he is God. He is moving. I receive from you, Father, and I submit to what you've said to me, and Satan, I resist you. Run. Run. People say, I tried that, You don't want to say that to me. (laughs) And you don't want to say it to the Lord, amen? We just don't want to do that. So we need to cast them down. Realize that submission to God's word releases power to destroy the enemy's mental attacks. 
and to destroy his strongholds. God's strong weapons are never in question when considered against the enemy's strongholds. God's strong weapons are never in question when considered against the enemy's strongholds. The, the, the question, God does not have to go, oh, look at the stronghold in Sean's life. Somebody turn the power up. The windmills are not going to be enough. Turn on the generators. I'll get it in there. All right, so, you know, if I can't have fun up here, I quit. So, <clears throat> all right, so, God doesn't, you know, all right, boys, you know, there's, there's, you know, he's got angels behind him with bicycles, with belts on him, and he's, you know, and like, God's like, oh, I can feel it now. We're really going to annihilate the devil. No, 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 no. God just goes, dink, dink. Come on, the scripture says that Jesus cast out devils by the finger of God. God didn't even have to get up. He just, dink. Got him. <laughs> Come on, how big is your God? Hey, he's big. <laughs> You're in a good place, amen? I love that scripture. All right. Verse 5, we're to cast down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what does that mean? That means that we are what? We are bringing into captivity what is trying to bring us into captivity. All right, I'm going to say this again. Verse 5, let's look at it again. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the what? The knowledge of God bringing every what? Thought into captivity to the obedience of who? So if it doesn't line up to what Christ said about you, you need to grab that thought by powerful weapons and bring it into line with what Jesus said about you. Now watch this. I need to say this. Listen to me carefully. I want you to hear this. Not just what he said about you, but what he's already made you to be. Because Jesus does not need to make peace for you. He needs you to realize that you have it in you and you can operate in it. Now, the enforcement of peace against fear and unrest, the power of it is from the Lord. But the action to cooperate is me. Amen. Come on, you as well, right? So when unrest comes, when fear comes, when you feel the enemy trying to attack, when you start to sense between you, husband and wife, and you start to see, feel tension in the house starting to creep in, that's when you can stand up and go, uh, 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 nope, nope, nope. This thought's not putting us in jail. We're going to put it in jail. Amen? Oh, I sense what you're doing, devil. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, you're not doing this. In the name of Jesus, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. Come on. Uh-uh, no, no, no. By his stripes, I were healed. And if I were, I are. In other words, I need to paint a new picture 
Amen. Okay? This is not just that now the world has taken these things and they've turned it into all sorts of stuff for selfishness. But this is a spiritual principle first. We overthrow, we tear down these thoughts. What we do is we take every thought captive, and one translation says this, I can make each regal purpose my prisoner of war. In other words, I make it yield to Christ. So whatever I, whatever I, if I do not put captive what the enemy brings to me in his thoughts and ways and what he says about me, those thoughts and ways will actually make me what? Captive. But if I yield to the Lord and he, those thoughts come in and I go, oh, nope, nope, that's not who I am. I'm faithful to my job. I'm faithful to my employer. I don't cut hours. Come on. I don't, I don't slack in my job. I'm not like, oh, the other, do I want to share that? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> the other day we were at a restaurant, and this was a couple of weeks ago, we were out with Mike and Jody, and our server did not want to be there. I mean, it was brutal. It was bad. I mean, I was like biting my tongue. <laughs> it was rough. How many of you know, as a Christian, we shouldn't do that? Right? Because we're, we're what? We're employed by who first? God first, right? All right? So we need to take that thought captive. We need to what? We need to put the thought of laziness in prison... Right? Because laziness appeals to what? My flesh. So I know it's not from the Lord. The Lord would be like, do seven more push-ups. Your flesh is like, we can't. We're going to die. <laughs> you ever notice how dumb your flesh is? If I don't have chocolate cake, I'm going to die. <laughs> and you eat too much chocolate cake, and devil's, <laughs> your flesh is like, I want to be skinnier. <laughs> Everybody's flesh is dumb. It's good for slavery, and that's about it. <laughs> All right, next, be a doer of the word. Next point, be a doer of the word. James 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not what? Hearers only, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Doers means a performer. Hearers means to listen, but the implication with the hearer here is that you listen only. You don't do anything with it. So this is listening without acting. How many know that it's not enough just to know? You have to perform what you know, right? You have to step out in faith and work. You have to do. You know, if, if the scripture says, lay hands on the sick and they, they shall recover, but you absolutely never lay hands on the sick at all in your own life, it, whether it be your family or whoever you're around, how many know that it will never happen? And then people sit back and go, see, it doesn't work today. God quit. He died with the apostles. How many know God is not seceded from his responsibilities, <laughs> okay? No, you have to do in order to see the byproduct of, amen? That doesn't mean you're the healing power. God is. People are like, they have pressure, you know? Like, oh, you know, I've got to get them healed. You can't. Outside of him, in yourself, you think you're the healer? Like, there's whole historical documentaries on people who thought they were the healer. Amen? 
So we need to be a doer. It means to produce. It, not just listen, not just hear, but we need to perform. What happens when we hear and don't do? We deceive ourselves. The word deceive means to beguile or to delude. It means to circumvent. It means to reason falsely. I reason that, I, that I'm right in this area because I know it. But I'm not doing it. And so then what ends up happening? A believer ends up frustrated because they're not performing what they know to perform, and they're frustrated because they believe the lie that I can just know it and it will work. I know a lot of believers, I've been frustrated with myself in that. You know what I mean? Have you ever done that? Like, God, why isn't this working? He's like, you actually have to do it. But Lord, no, it's by grace through faith. I'm just going to sit here, you're going to float me to my neighbor's house and share the gospel with them. <laughs> Come on. Well, that would be, that's your flesh kicking in. Because your flesh doesn't want to stand there and go, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. He's the son of the living God. He's the only way to heaven. Your flesh wants to go, uh, let's send money to the missionary in China. And then I'll feel good about myself. Close to home, isn't it? It's a good thing that you're not in a church where the pastor won't say that. Okay, so, good preaching, Sean. Go ahead, believe I will. Thank you. All right. Doers of the word, put that teaching into practice, one translation says. Don't be a mere hearer. When you're a mere hearer, you're only fooling yourself. Amen? How many don't want to be a fool? How many don't want to be fool? How many know it's... It, you got enough fighting the devil, but how about when you're deceiving yourself? The devil's like, watch this. They ain't going to do nothing with what they got today. Oh, yeah, he does it. He'll just go, watch what they're going to do here. They're going to think they know it because they have it in their notes. <laughs> well, I know the Greek definition of that word. <laughs> the, pra- the pastor gave it to me. And the devil's going, good, you know the Greek. It's just that way, isn't it? Boy, that stings the flesh. It's good for it, though. I, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like telling your wife, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Or like one, you know, like the Lord had me, the Lord has me do this, open the door for Heidi before we get in the car. That's what he told me to do. Somebody the other day was telling me something that the Lord had told them to do. And I was like, that's so good. It starts somewhere as a husband, do this. Do this. And it's like, that's a little thing. And you know what fought me? My own flesh, of course. But I had these thoughts come to me. You start opening the door for your wife, the other guys are going to make fun of you. Oh, look at you, trying to earn brownie points. (laughs) That's not godly wisdom. It appeals to my what? Woman, you, I'm the man of this house. You go get in the car. Make sure it's warm when I get there. <laughs> that is not God. God says, look, he says to the husband, look how I acted in Jesus. It's a picture. 
of what? Christ and the church. What did Jesus do? He laid down his life for the what? For the church. Who's representative of the church in the marriage? The wife. But that doesn't fit my natural pride. I'll tell you, bless God, I'm the head of this house. Yeah, that's the way the Lord wrote that verse. Or had it written. written. Does God run around going, I'm God. I'm, I'm God. Is that what Jesus did? <laughs> when you know your position and you have faith in the Lord, you don't have to. Because you won't move. Even if there is con- I'm not saying the husband's not the head of the house. He is. That's what the scripture teaches. But that's not what I'm saying. But I don't need to, I don't need to, you know, try and be a dictator in it. Amen? These are things that I grow in. You can ask my wife later if you want. Okay, so <laughs> last point. Last point today. We're wrapping up right here. The last thing. This is something that's really helped me, and I want, I want you to see this. I pray in the understanding and in the Holy Spirit in difficult situations. Both. This last point has helped me significantly through the years, and it continues to, in dealing with confusing and overwhelming situations. Of course, we want, to, we want to keep our perspective. We don't want to be afraid. We want to submit to God and resist the devil. We want to uh, be a doer of the word. We want to take every thought captive. But then how many know there are times where you just don't understand what's going on? You're just not seeing it. How many have been there? Am I the only one? Yeah, there we go. It's like you've been saved a half a minute. You probably have realized. There are things that we go through in this life that we do not see in detail. We don't. Paul said we look through a glass what? Darkly. In other words, we don't see everything. Now that feels contradictory when you read that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. But they have to agree. They have to come together and agree. What does that mean? That means there's a portion of us that's natural and there's an enemy that's working around and he is very good at distracting and distorting things. And confusing things. We have to be aware of that. We have to be conscious of that. So, how many realize this, that you've read in Romans, but it talks about this, that the Holy Spirit can have you pray in such a way that you're praying about what you don't know how to pray about? Now, that is fun for your natural thinking. But this works for me, so what do I do? The reality is, is that all of us have been or will be in situations, I prophesy it, where no matter how much we search for understanding in the natural, and even at times we look to the Scriptures, we don't see where God speaks directly to what's going on. Okay? We don't see it. Now, in general, there are things we can always apply in difficult situations. There are. But if we need understanding, and in other words, it's specific to me, and I need to know. In other words, I've gone to the Lord, and He hasn't said, like He did to Moses, leave it alone is between me and them. Okay? He hasn't said that. But I don't understand what's going on. What do I need to do? The Holy Spirit must reveal to us the answers. You say, so what do you do? This is what I do. This is how the Lord showed it to me. Okay? And I actually shared this in corporate prayer on a Tuesday. What I actually do is I get in my mind that situation in front of me. And then I pray everything I know to pray scripturally about that situation, naturally, in my understanding. And then I say, now, Holy Spirit, I give you free reign to pray through me in other tongues. 
And I begin, I focus my mind on the issue. I say, Holy Spirit, go ahead and talk to me about this. And I pray in other tongues about the problem, the situation, the circumstance. Whatever it is, I I don't care. Can I share something with you as we close here? I want to share that. Now, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'd love to give you the opportunity. You can come up for prayer after the service here, and we can pray with you. But I want to say this. When we pray in the Spirit, the Scripture says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto who? God. It says, For no man understands him. That includes the one who's praying. But Paul also goes on to say what? Pray that you may in interpret. So in other words, Paul said this, he said, when I pray, and this is 1 Corinthians 14, you need to, you can go look at it later, but 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 15, and Romans 8, 26 and 27 will give you more light on this. But when I pray in other tongues, Paul said, what's the outcome? What will happen then? He says, I'll pray with the spirit and I'll pray with the what? Then he says this, I'll sing with the, and sing with the, both. Now, uh, Dale knows that I'm not a singer, because he told me the other day when he was here. (laughs) Dropping off the cross. How many like that cross? (laughs) Dale made that. That's awesome. So, (laughs) he said, don't quit your day job. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like my grandpa reincarnated. You go. <laughs> All right. So, I don't believe in reincarnation, so just relax. Okay. So, <laughs> but when I pray in the Spirit or sing in the Spirit, if I'm going to translate to the understanding, that means the Holy Spirit gives me what? He gives me understanding. So when I pray in other tongues about the situation, all of a sudden what will come up from my heart to my head by the Holy Spirit? Oh, I see that now, Lord. Thank you. And then you get to a place in your prayer and you go, I don't know. And you're reminded, pray in the Spirit because He knows. And then you pray in the Spirit. Now, sometimes the understanding is you don't get to understand. Now, I don't know, I I cannot, I don't, I can't give you a gauge on, you know, I wish I could give you percentages, you know, because my natural mind, I want to go, now, 55% of the time, you're going to know, but 45% of the time, I don't know, so keep record, (laughs) you know, keep tally, well, Lord, you know, (laughs) do you see what I'm saying? I don't, I can't give you, you just have to search the scriptures and just trust the Lord. Sometimes you're just not going to know on things that are outside of your knowing. I've prayed about things with other people and it's like the Lord said, no, that's not for you to pray about. What? Leave it alone, Sean. Move on. You know, it's the Lord standing there in the spirit going, nothing to see here. Now, concerning personal things for you, you can know. But if you go, I'm going to pray in the Spirit and correct Pastor Mike, because he's doing this and this and this and this, it ain't your place. The Lord will say, keep moving. 
Nothing to see here. <laughs> and you get in trouble when you don't obey that, and you stay with it, and then a deceiving spirit comes. And it, that deceiving spirit sounds a lot like the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it wouldn't be deception. How many have noticed that when the devil comes to you, he doesn't come in a red suit with a pitchfork and horns and flames? <clears throat> when you hear a voice, because there's many voices in the earth, right? When you hear a voice from the enemy, it, he masks his voice to sound like the Lord. Come on. How does he appear? As an angel of what? It's deception. So if deception's going to be good, it has to look and sound like the original. People like to think, well, oh, I cannot be deceived. <laughs> we'll be praying for you. Amen? We'll be praying for you because you can be deceived. Now, I'm not saying you have to be. I'm saying you need to realize the devil is good. How many have made a decision you shouldn't have? I've met a lot of believers that, and you can stand with me, please. I've met a lot of believers that, I shouldn't say a lot. At times, I've met believers. I've got to be careful with what words I use. At times, I've met believers who, you know, they, they pretend like, they hold their authority in Christ with a level of arrogance. And if I do that, how many know the devil's already got me? Because he's the author of pride. So I have to be careful. Knowledge by itself, guys, does not mean we, we're doing it. It doesn't mean we're practicing it. Well, you know how many books I've read on spiritual warfare? That doesn't mean anything. How many are you doing? I don't care if you can rehearse it. I don't care if you have it memorized. Unless you're doing it, you're in deception. Amen? So every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's anybody in here, I want to do this first. You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Is there anybody here that would like that today? I would, I would ha I'm going to have you come up and for prayer at the end here. All right, we have one. Okay, so I'm going to have our prayer workers work with you when you come up. So just wait till after the service and then come up and they can pray with you. Is there anybody else that wants that gift? It's for everybody. I got the one. Thank you. Was there, is there two back there, Ron? We have two? Okay. Another one? Okay. I'm going to have you. Is there anybody else that would like that as well? Now, if you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, that's awesome. Make, pray a bunch in it. <laughs> but now, maybe you've been filled before and you've kind of just let it slip and you want a resurgence. If that's the case, uh, come up afterwards as well. And so uh, we can minister to you. I want to do this. If there's anybody here that hasn't either given their life to the Lord or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord this morning, I want to give you that opportunity as well. I don't necessarily see anybody, but that doesn't matter. I want to give that opportunity. Then also to you that are joining us online, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I was talking to a pastor last week, and he said that he gave an altar call, and he had four or five in the church come, but then he had somebody later contact him and said, I was watching you online, and I raised my hand. So that's awesome. But I want to give you that opportunity. You'll have to let us know if you're watching online, but if you're in here and you want to give your life to the Lord or rededicate it, would you raise your hand where you're at so I can see you and we can pray with you? Praise God. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this word. Your word, Lord.
We'll be doers and not hearers only, Lord. Lord, in our situations, in our daily lives, in our marriages, with our families, with our kids, our grandkids, Lord, the situations, our work situations, our church situations, everything that we walk through on a weekly basis, Lord, we purpose in fighting the fight of faith to keep our perspective and our focus on you, to not allow fear to rule us, to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Father, to submit to you and resist the devil, to take every thought captive, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, to pray about situations in the natural, with our understanding, and in the spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for honoring us with your presence today. We thank you for encouraging and strengthening us through the gifts of the spirit and the manifestation of your spirit, fulfilling us fresh, Lord, by your presence in this place. We give you all the praise and glory for everything that's done. And we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.